Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 27 of Just the Fitness Tip with Mike Joe and Jason Alls, Edinburgh's number one fitness podcast. Jason, how are you? I'm brilliant. <laughs> hey, you know what they say about number 27? What? You're going to podcast heaven. <laughs> yeah. So we have the dog with us here. She's right by the microphone this time. So I know we, we usually apologize for the dog making noises in previous episodes, but no one can hear her. Today, you probably will. She is. Oh, she actually wants to get down. Does she? She's, I think she might do. She's yeah, climbing she, off. She, she's literally. Oh, <laughs> she's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> so, so we've hit podcast episode 27. She's now drinking my coffee. Right, back up. <laughs> oh, calamity starts with the podcast. You know what they say? Today. Never work with dogs and Michael <laughs> Jaw. <laughs> oh, I'm spilling milk everywhere. Jesus. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, really good. Uh, Guys from the last episode may have remembered us talking about, in fact, I don't even know if we spoke about this, but <laughs> Mitch and I read a thing about how successful podcasts are. Most don't get past episode one. Very few get past episode two. Apparently, after 14, like that's the big one. It's yeah. like, if you get past 14, you're destined for greatness. <laughs> okay. So to be on 27, wow. I think that says a lot. Yeah, I think we're the most dedicated podcasters in Edinburgh. Let's put that in our tagline. Hey. There's a reason why we're Edinburgh's number one fitness <laughs> podcast. Mate, would you like some coffee? I'd love some. Ah, oh, there we go. Oh, we've not plunged it again. Let me just quickly do that oh, before yeah. we uh, plunge away. throw it all over the laptop and sofa. Yeah. There we go, mate. Got the milk in there, ready to go. It's oh, a good noise. There you go. There we go, man. That's so, yeah, what have you been up to this week, mate? Anything exciting? Uh, no. So, well, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So, uh, actually, I've been covering, shout out Dan from Dan and Jason Frolic from Fitness. And from Dan from our episode. Oh, yeah, and from our uh, Pride number, episode. Whatever, yeah. Um, I've been covering, uh, well, I've covered one of his classes today. I'm covering a couple of his classes tomorrow. It's just good. A little bit of insight for anyone that doesn't know. I don't really do, like, so I've done PT, like, one-to-one, and I do classes at Primal Gym. But I've never done kind of the hybrid that Dan does, where it's kind of like small groups mm-hmm. of people uh, working out together. So it was interesting. It was good. I think it was high energy. Uh, what they said to me this morning at 10 a.m. was, God, are you usually, are you always this animated? I was like, yes, ladies. Uh, <laughs> you've been getting ripped off by Dan's kind of <laughs> weak, uh, unenthusiastic approach to fitness. So, um, so yeah, that was good. And then it was the last weekend of the festival here, so made the most of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, I've just been getting out. What about you, Mitch? What have you been up to? Uh, same, really. Just well, not. Well, I've not been covering Dan's exactly classes. the same. He didn't ask me to cover his classes. Uh, don't worry, Dan. I'm not that offended. Um, yeah, just working away. Uh, last few days of the Fringe Festival, as you said, that's good. The fireworks are as recording this this evening. The final fireworks, so it'd be good for the city to go back. I also got on my bike yesterday and cycled through the Fringe crowds. Oh yeah, I saw that funny picture of you on your yeah. bike. <laughs> yeah, and. I, I need to apologize now for all the people that I swore out cycling through town. I'm not proud of it, but when you see a cyclist coming along the road and you see them quite far ahead, don't walk out in front of them. Yeah, it annoys me. It feels like, you know, I, I've, I like to think that I have had experience of being every single kind of uh, demographic <laughs> in terms of travel and road user. So a pedestrian, yeah. a car user Asian and tourists. a cyclist. Yeah, and a Japanese <laughs> tourist. Um but and so I like to think I can be sympathetic to everyone's plights. I understand that you can get 
idiots in cars, idiots on bikes, and idiots on foot. But there's some things where you just feel like this is common sense. Yeah. Like people who cross the road and don't look. Yeah. Like I remember I got taught that at five years old <laughs> yeah. and it stayed with me since then. Stop looking, listen. I mean, I don't do that, but at least look, you know? So yeah, when you're on a bike, like I do feel like there's a lot of kind of, um, a lot of it is put on cyclists to mm. avoid pedestrians. And you're a bit like, if you're moving super fast down a hill, which I always am, um, they don't call me Lance Armstrong, Scottish Lance Armstrong. They don't call me that. Uh, but uh, um you remember the fact you have to slam the brakes on. Not only yeah. do you put yourself in harm, potentially them in harm, but if there's any cars behind you and you slam your brakes on. I think also the danger of a road racing bike as well is you're clipped into the pedals. So if you have to stop very abruptly, you're toppling over. Why are you cycling a bike with uh, road racing pedals, mate? Because... Ironman training. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot that you were doing an Ironman. Yeah. I don't think we've mentioned it on this podcast before. I like how now you're discreetly getting in. Like, you're not overtly <laughs> mentioning yeah. the Ironman. You're just like, you know, I was doing a form of training for a specific kind of endurance yeah. event at the weekend. You've, you've made me feel ashamed of entering an Ironman. Well done, Jason. Mate, shame is all on you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today's episode is going to be a fun one, actually. I hope so, so for a change. Uh, you came up with this topic. Full credit to you, Jason. Thank you. Um, and I just thought it'd be a good chance for us to chat about different exercises that we hate um, and have some fun debates. Um, I, I think we agree on most of these things, yeah. uh, but we thought we would come up with our five five exercises that we wish people wouldn't do. Yeah. Yeah. Or just hate. Okay. We we exercises we hate. Yeah. We'll roll with that. But not for the reason that like you know. Oh God, I hate deadlifting because it's so hard and yeah. it's really you know really good a good pump in my hamstrings it's like dumb exercises that yeah. people can live without and that i wish people would just stop doing i'm excited for this episode i'm gonna be honest so we we drafted up a list five of uh, five exercises between us that we that we kind of agreed on should be discussed mm-hmm. but then there's also two points that we wanted to raise at the start of the episode that we thought there's a lot of controversy around them. They get a lot of hate. They get a lot of love. Um, and we thought we would discuss them and see whether whether they deserve to go into our fitness room 101. CrossFit. <laughs> oh, you've not you've deleted that. Yeah, that was off. We're All not right. going CrossFit. So, yeah, should we, should we crack on and go for it? Yeah. Well, I think also we should say, I mean, this is a vague criteria that I came up with. So this mm-hmm. might not be Michael's criteria, but I think it's good for people to understand how we've come up with this. So the two things I thought about when I was thinking about these exercises that I hate and could do without is, is there another way you can achieve your goal that is more efficient and provides more gains? So if your aim is to get stronger or burn calories, is there something else you could be doing to achieve that Mm -hmm. that could potentially be more worth your while? And the other one was, do people generally do it wrong slash do they look silly? So think, keep that in mind, guys, when you hear these. Um, we'll no doubt bring them up again and mention examples uh, throughout. But that's how we came to yeah, this conclusion. I think we should also highlight, because we like to be evidence-based on this podcast episode, mostly, anyway, mm-hmm. um, that this episode obviously is, what month are we? August 2019. Some research saying that these exercises are really beneficial might come out in the future. So to, yeah, this might not age well. To our future selves... Um, we're sorry, but we acknowledge that we might be wrong occasionally. We're always willing to learn. Yes. But as of just now, these suck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's crack on with uh, with the first of our two controversial ones that didn't quite make the list. Honorable mentions. Um, so the first one um, is the Smith Machine. Yeah. Gets a lot of hate. 
Uh, not all gyms have them. I think because they get a lot of because they get a lot of hate, mm-hmm. and it's a machine that a lot of trainers like to criticize. A lot of internet memes have been made about, um, and I think wrongly, by the most part, you definitely don't. I do. No, you're no, just no. trying to be balanced. No, I'm honestly not. I think they get too much hate. There's a lot of exercises I wouldn't do on them, but I think that the Smith machine has its place. So, Jason, what are your thoughts on the Smith machine? Well, I would love to hear you tell me what the place is. I've got a place for it outside in the bin. <laughs> Look, I hate Smith machines, and I'm willing to okay. accept that maybe I hate Smith machines because I'm a meathead, right? Yeah. But personally, thinking about my criteria of mm-hmm. can you achieve what you're trying to achieve by doing something else mm-hmm. that is more efficient? So for me, if you're squatting in the Smith machine, if you're trying to get better at squatting, the Smith machine won't make you better at squatting. If you're trying to uh, build muscle in your legs, there are better ways to build muscle in your legs than the Smith machine. And if you're trying to get a full body workout, a Smith machine does not provide the same full body workout that just a normal barbell squat or even a goblet squat or uh I would say even an unweighted squat for some people. <laughs> it's to do with like range of movement, right? Isn't it? Right? Yep. Because you're fixed in place, this bar, mm-hmm. you're basically just pushing against something that is fixed there. Okay. And when you're squatting normally, you're you're free to move within the range of movement that you have. Mm-hmm. So you're obviously training much more efficiently. You're gonna be engaging muscles that you wouldn't normally engage if you're using the Smith machine. Um, and for me, I just feel like it lures people into a, a false sense of security. They think that they can shift. I've seen these guys, right? And they'll be doing like 220 kilos on the Smith machine, right? And I'm just like, mate, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> like, you know, the, these are the people that peer over yeah. your shoulder during tests and think that they've got a PhD. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's my big hate. Also, my big hate is to do with like, so the squat is one. People are like, oh, yeah, but I've got a sore knee, so I have to squat in the Smith machine. Mate, go and get your knee sorted. Like, do you know what I mean? Let's let's not hide here that you've got an injury and you can't do something. <laughs> if you can't do something and you have an injury, you should get that fixed. You yeah. shouldn't be using a Smith machine. Uh, and then also, if you're doing, like, bicep curls and Smith machine, you know, just... Yeah, that should never be a, that just, should never be a thing. Just, I mean... I love how passionate you're getting about this, mate. I hate the Smith machine. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here and say, yes, there are certain exercises exercises like uh, barbell curls that you shouldn't be doing in there. And I would never get someone to squat in the Smith machine. One issue with the Smith machine, which I guess is the same issue for a lot of fixed weight machines as well, is if that machine doesn't suit your physiology, the way your body's made up, then it's going to be a dreadful exercise for you to do. And the problem with people doing squats in the Smith machine is it moves in one particular way. So if that doesn't suit the way that your hip joint is set, the way that your femur kind of comes out from your hip joint, then you could potentially be doing yourself some issues there. So yes, I'm completely on board with you on that front. But then also, I think it's pretty much, if you hate on the Smith machine, then you hate on a lot of fixed weight machines too, because they move in one plane of movement. Um, I feel like they're a good way for you to safely do it on your own for people that are a little bit underconfident using a barbell on their own. And it's a good way where, the movement's fixed, you can focus on lifting really heavy, um, and you don't have to worry about slight movement, and there's possibly a lower injury risk too. Yeah, I appreciate that. But I would think to myself, right, like I was talking about this false sense of security thing, I understand that a lot of people can't go to failure, or maybe can't um, 
work through a full range of movement without a spotter. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would just say, for me, if someone was asking my personal advice, I would say you need to drop the weight down. Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to push this ridiculously heavy weight that you can't actually manage on your own, you need to drop the weight down and focus on on the form without the Smith machine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of people are not scared, but a lot of people are adverse to dropping weight and mm. working on form. Yep. And I think the same could be said for a lot of um, exercises. You know, I appreciate the the safety element and that if you drop the weight on yourself, you can just kind of, you know, click it in place. But in all honesty, I've never seen anyone do that in a Smith machine. I've never seen anyone get right to the bottom of a squat and then go, oh, I can't get back up, <laughs> click it in place, and then roll yeah. underneath. It's just morons. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I have to say that, like, I've, I never factor in smith machine exercises into training programs of my clients like i would always opt for barbells and other machine work if possible but i think they are a good alternative if your gym's maybe quite busy so you can't get to a squat rack not for squatting for like other exercises there's a reason why your gym is really busy and there's no one on the smith machine (laughs) (laughs) kind of true yeah but i think yeah for a little bit of variety to mix things up the one exercise i actually really like doing on a smith machine is a seated shoulder press all right that's the one exercise I just I find it works really well for me. <laughs> Don't We've all me got like our that. weird perversions. Mitch. <laughs> we do. So yeah, it's it's not the machine that I tell people to go for off the bat, but they could have their place. And I feel like. Do you agree with me? It's going into room one hundred and one. To some to some extent, no. I think right should, I don't know. Maybe it is. Should we just say like room one hundred and two? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's my thoughts on Smith's machine. Happy with that? I'm very happy. Cool. So our other thing that we want to discuss isn't technically an exercise. It's not an exercise, but it's something that we use in the gym. Um, and that is lifting gloves. I don't. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> but um, it's another thing that internet memes, uh, bro bodybuilders, uh, don't like people using lifting gloves. They give them a lot of stick for using lifting gloves. And once again, I feel that it's fine. If you want to use gloves, use them. But you always need to use them in the future if you start using them. That's the issue. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's plenty of things in life, Mitch, where you go, if you want to do that, as long as you're not hurting anybody, yeah. it doesn't mean you should do it, <laughs> yeah. right? No, like, I, like, I appreciate that there's some people out there that don't want to get calloused hands, I guess. Um, but a big thing for me that I hate about people using gloves is the people who wear gloves that think that it makes them look like a better lifter. <laughs> like, they, yeah. like you see these guys walking around that can't put their arms down to their like sides and they've got these gloves on as somehow that, oh my God, that guy must be in muscle and fitness next month because he's got a pair <laughs> yeah. of gloves on, you know. Also, why are they fingerless? Why not just have a full glove? I think that would look better, like a sparkly, that like Michael course. Jackson gloves. Um, <laughs> Just on one hand. Yeah, I kid you not. <laughs> yeah. I kid you not. Right, I was in the gym. It's not Michael Jackson gloves, but I saw a guy in the gym wearing what looked like gardening gloves to wow. lift with, and I was just like, "Get out!" Maybe he was doing a kind of like triathlon where it was like <laughs> gardening, weightlifting, gardening, <laughs> and the third one would be I don't know, swimming. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like I don't have a problem with them. I have to say, not to kind of gender stereotype here, but most women that I train don't want calloused hands. Some of them are absolutely fine with it, and that's awesome. But I know that some people 
don't want really calloused hands. They want to keep the hands nice and smooth, which is cool. And that's when lifting gloves can be handy. But as I said at the start, if you start using lifting gloves and then you go to the gym six months down the line when you've been lifting a lot heavier and you try and lift without gloves, your hands just won't be used to it and you will struggle with grip and pain from your hands from lifting. Yeah, it's one of those things that's kind of like a, it's like a crutch in it. Yeah. And so if you don't have it, it can be very hard to, mm-hmm. even if it's just psychological a lot of the time, if you've not got your gloves, you therefore can't apply yourself to the same degree. So I always think that, I mean, again, I know there's, I'm not to go off track here, but anything like that, uh, where you feel like you're getting assistance from something that you maybe don't need, and then you don't have it, mm-hmm. you know, pre-workout supplements, or some people lifting belts, Okay, obviously some people do want to wear lifting belts. That's totally fine. <laughs> but the, there are people that wear lifting belts that don't be, they do not need to be wearing lifting belts. It's usually big guys that use them to suck their guts in. Exactly. That's that's my favorite. Hulk Hogan as well. <laughs> <laughs> he always wears a lifting belt. So yeah, just things like just that. around the house, kit, yeah. like cooking. In the, in, the, in the wrestling ring, obviously, yeah, okay. where you need that lifting belt the most. If you're going <laughs> to slam under the giant, you got to wear a lifting belt. Shout out wrestling Rick. Ah, oh, good old Rick. Uh, so should we move on to our first exercise then we've not even started we're on a roll right we're warmed up you can tell we're passionate about this which i hope comes across through the podcast that's our smith machine sponsorship deal dead (laughs) it's uh from i'm trying to think of a brand of smith machine Um, john smith's okay we'll go with that machines right exercise one granny smith we're we're gonna start she's got a good range of machines (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna start with the one that I hate the most, actually. So we're going to start off strong here. And this is power plates. Anything to do with power plates, whether you're using it for stretching, squatting, plyometrics, whatever it is, stop using a power plate. Why should we be using a power plate, Mitch? Tell me. Because <laughs> you look like an idiot. That's right. why. Is that literally it? No, just the benefits of it are just so minimal, if at all. Like, I think the thought process behind it, I apologize if I butcher this and there's like a power plate expert get in touch uh, if you are an expert listening in going he's Actually, completely wrong but i think it creates like a downward g-force is it what it says that makes you a little bit heavier so if you're squatting on it you're a little bit heavier or whatever but just use a barbell or a dumbbell to make yourself heavier and and also i think they come with a lot of health risks as well like if you've got any plates or pins they can dislodge them when we did when i first started PTing. Um, we I went to a course and part of the course they taught you about power plates it was the most depressing hour of my life um, and he was saying I don't know whether this is true but the guy taking the course said that if you have cancer you shouldn't use it because it can disperse cancer cells and when I started to hear all these little health warnings to them I just thought I'm out like why would you want to use this piece of equipment for me having heard that it's gone from a totally useless piece of machinery <laughs> to potentially quite dangerous yeah. Wow. I, I love that if none of that is true, I've just completely scaremongered. However... But it makes a good uh, soundbite <laughs> on the podcast. It does, yeah. Yeah, for me, like, whenever you have... I honestly, truly believe in my heart that fitness is not complex, okay? No, it's not. Like, of course, we can get into the science of how things work and stuff, right? But if you're, you know, Joe Public, and you have a simple, straightforward fitness goal... There's no reason why you need to be thinking about G-forces and the <laughs> yeah. dispersion of your cancer cells. Like For me, like, I understand there's a lot of things in the fitness industry that are kind of different methods of getting to the same point. And that's how people manage to kind of shill all these crazy, silly things. But if people are using a power plate for a warm-up, 
is a really easy way to get a warm up. If you're using the power plate to stretch or improve your flexibility and mobility, there's a really easy way to do that too. And I would say from personal experience, never, ever, ever sit on it <laughs> yeah. because it feels very, I've, very strange. I and, have done this also and it's not good. And you have the kind of involuntary compulsion that you want to open up and just let go, if you know what I'm saying, guys. So um, never sit on it. Never use it. It's pointless. And it takes up about as much room as a Smith machine. So I'd rather have a Smith machine than a power plate. Uh, especially if it's going to give me cancer. No, it's not going to give you cancer. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know that for sure. Yeah, so there's a lot of articles. I just like Googled power plates uh, and cancer, and there's a lot of articles discussing whether it's actually true or not. I can't be asked to read into it because I think that they're completely pointless anyway, but just do not use a power plate. There's so many other beneficial things that you can do with your time in a gym that don't involve a power plate. When I, I used to work at David Lloyd when I first started um, PTing, and they had like five of them in the gym, which took up so much space. And they just could have been used in so many better ways than a stupid machine that vibrates you. It comes down also to that previous criteria I was talking about. I doubt very much that the people using the power plate are even really using it for what the power plate suggests is its main benefit. Mm -hmm. um, because people just look at it and they go, oh, maybe I'll just sit on this. And as I said before, you really don't want to do that. Um, so yeah, power plate, you go in to room 102. Yeah, it's going in there. <clears throat> so yeah, don't avoid. Don't avoid. No, do avoid power plates. Yes, love it. Number two, do you want to introduce this one, buddy? Yeah, why not? Because this is your favourite. Yeah, this was the first on the list for me. Uh, I think I might have even mentioned it in a previous episode. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. Forearm curls or wrist curls? <sighs> There's nothing I hate more, right? <laughs> than when you're going to the gym, right? If I'm going to be like, right, okay, you need to go and get those bloody big dumbbells at the end to do a absolutely heroic incline press right and i'm walking over and there's some doofus <laughs> kneeling on a bench curling two kilograms in each hand i just like oh it really really grinds my gears right again going back to this criteria right if you are genuinely right if your goal is to get like maybe purely aesthetic right mm -hmm. you want to get thicker forearms bigger forearms right Doing forearm curls is not the best way to do that. If you have some kind of functional purpose for doing forearm <laughs> curls, I'm willing to bet that there is a more functional, better and efficient mm -hmm. way of achieving that goal. So if it's grip strength or what have you, forearm curls are not the best way to do that. And in all honesty, you look daft. You look really silly, especially if you're sat on the power plate doing them, right? <laughs> but I just, I hate them. I hate, and I'm, I'm also not a really big fan. And, and there is a place for this, don't get me wrong, but I'm not a big fan of really specific isolation movements, mm -hmm. okay? Again, if you're an athlete who's specifically trying to um, get stronger or improve a very specific movement, okay, fair enough. If you're someone aesthetic and you're looking to maybe just build your triceps so you're doing tricep uh, tricep isolation fine forearm curls guys Mitch, i'm gonna let you take over from the best way to build your <laughs> forearms but i mean there's plenty of ways like, again talking about efficiency great way to improve your grip strength is doing deadlifts yeah. and at the same time you're actually doing something useful and valuable to society yeah completely agree i i'm not a big fan of them also it's uh 
if you are doing everything else um, that helps to build forearm strength, which we'll touch on in a second, and then you're still looking for more stuff to do, then maybe think about introducing forearm curls as a maybe. But there's so many other things you could do. As Jason said, deadlifting, one of the best ways to build your forearm strength. Just hanging from a bar is one of the best ways to build forearm strength. Uh, farmer's walks, picking up heavy dumbbells and just walking with them. Um, they are all much better ways of building building your forearm strength and grip strength. So, yeah, before you start going down the forearm curl, do you know what they they also remind me of when you see people in the gym doing neck exercises? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is another one. Like, I've seen a lot of fighters doing neck exercises because obviously, the stronger your neck muscles, the more you can kind of absorb a punch. But if you're not Floyd Mayweather, please don't be doing bloody neck exercises, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just. And also that's risk versus reward too but um yeah you know what the the the, the people that i see with the biggest forearms hey <laughs> michael you joe for some strange reason <laughs> but only on one arm no um climbers it just reminds me of the simpsons episode yeah, yeah okay <laughs> Climb, popeye we mentioned him before huge oh, forearms yeah. um sort of climbers and bmxers and obviously BMXers is gripping the handlebars and climbers is obviously gripping whatever climbers are gripping on. Um, so yeah, it's all it, hanging. Yeah, absolutely great way of doing it. And if you're using a lot of barbells and dumbbells, you, you're going to improve your grip strength anyway. So, I mean, honestly. What, what was Popeye doing to get his forearms? You never see him squeezing working Squeezing that can. Just squeezing the can. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. even, guys, go out, go get to Costco or any other <laughs> yeah. uh, retailers that you can bulk buy and just buy loads of cans of spinach, squeeze them, eat the spinach afterwards that will help you build muscle um that's a fact by the way guys uh, no, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're in some bro science this week yeah. i love it do you know what? so yeah vegans approach to building muscle i oh, did you see on my instagram the other day about um, probably not <laughs> wow that was rude just kidding about the vegan cafe that i went to in edinburgh that um I don't know if you saw it yesterday. He's not been looking at my Instagram, folks. Don't worry. I'm offended. I sleep most of the weekend. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to get a cupcake from this new... It's not a new... Oh, yeah. I while. did see this. Yeah. Yeah. Vegan cafe in Edinburgh. And uh, as I was waiting for the woman to pop the cupcake into a box, I just got starting a little bit of small talk. Um, and I said, oh, I can't do dairy because I'm lactose intolerant and it really upsets my stomach. And then she started going off on one about, oh, it's really bad for you anyway. So it's a good thing. I didn't fight with her. I bit my tongue. What's that got to do with forearm curls? <laughs> I think I was kind of playing on the veganism and uh, the spinach. It was a very tedious link, but I just thought I'd drop it in there uh, and say that no, dairy is not bad for you. Uh, it's really good for losing weight, help for preserving lean body mass, uh, helps with osteoarthritis as well. Like so many different ways dairy is beneficial. Don't listen to vegan cupcake owners. Vegans out there, that was uh, purely the opinions and viewpoints <laughs> of Michael Ujoa. Please do not undersubscribe. I'm with you guys all the way, whatever you want to do. Squeezing cans of spinach, telling lies, whatever you want to do. <laughs> I'm behind you. Brilliant, right. Let's move on to number three. And the next one is one of my favorites. So it was one of the first ones that came to mind when we were thinking about this list. And that is um, dumbbell chest flies. It's many reasons I hate this exercise, but the main problem with dumbbell flies is, yes, it is working your chest, but only through a very short range of movement whilst you're doing this exercise. 
the problem when you're using dumbbells is obviously when your arms are right out to the side. If you don't know what this exercise is, then Google it, obviously, whilst you're on your phone. Just dumbbell chest flies. Yeah, we're not here to tell when, you about the exercises. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when you fly right out to the side, your chest is under strain, so the pecs are going to be working. They're going to be activated. But as soon as you bring your hands up, and gravity is no longer involved because your arms are facing straight in the air. There's no tension on your chest. So you're much, much, much better off doing flies on a cable machine or a fixed weight fly machine. Um, I very rarely do dumbbell flies. I think I've maybe done them with clients like two or three times ever when all the cable machines are taken up um, just because you just don't get good chest activation. So if you are doing dumbbell flies in your training routines, change it up because there's better things you can be doing. Yeah, you've got a real fly in your bonnet about this one, Mitch. I re- <laughs> boom, boom. Um, no, no, I totally agree. And I think I mean, you might disagree with me. I think the same could be said about uh, rear flies as well. I think in terms of um, range of movement, mm-hmm. a lot of people work within, I mean, I'm going to mime this, which is totally pointless on an audio <laughs> platform, but a lot of people work within a range of movement, as you say, where you're not actually engaging the yeah. muscle at all. So so you could be doing this and actually <laughs> yeah. you're not actually working against it at all. And I also find that a lot of people tend to just throw the weights up with yeah. their rear delt flies. But yeah, exactly. You see with the, with the chest flies, people will extend their arms a little bit and then they come in here and they bring the, the weights right together again. And you're like, there's literally that much movement where you're not in control of it at all. Exactly. Um, so again, talking about efficiency again, are there things that you can achieve the same thing uh, more quickly, more efficiently and uh, work other kind of uh, strength in other parts of your body too? Yes. Presses uh, of all descriptions. Yeah. Dumbbell um, chest press, barbell bench press, incline barbell or hmm. dumbbell chest presses, cable flies, yeah. machine flies, press ups. Press anything up. is better. Wide dips. If you want a list of those, just come to at Jason Perry and Cycles will send <laughs> yeah. it over. But yeah, kind of pointless. Uh, people don't do them correctly and they're, yeah, really short range movement most of the time. So. There is one way that you can do them correctly, but it takes a lot of setup time and takes up a lot of room. And that is to attach bands to the dumbbells that you're using. Ooh. And if you attach the bands out really wide so that when you bring them in, the band is pulling the dumbbell back, then that means that the chest is always going to be activated. Oh, quite um, like that, actually. Yeah, they're actually that. I've only done them once before because, as I said, you need a lot of space um, and setup time. Yeah, no one's doing that in pure gym, are they? No, they're not. Um, but it's a really cool exercise because, yeah, you've got tension all the way through. If you like lying on a bench doing flies, <laughs> doing flies, then just take the bench over to the cable machines and just pop the cable machines right the way down to the bottom, use the cable fly um, normal handles, and there you go. You've got tension throughout your chest, throughout the whole movement. Or just do a chest press. Yeah. So there we go. Flies, you're going to room 102. (laughs) Sound effects. Look at that. We'll add that in post. Right. Next one's all yours, mate. All right. For me, this was probably number two on my list after the forearm curls. And I did hesitate because I know a lot of people like it. Some people like it. But then I thought, no, there's no justice here if I leave this off the list. And it is the abductor machine. But it also applies to the adductor machine too. Now, Mitch informed me. <laughs> no, he I said, knew you'd bring this up. He said, um, he said, do you know what the nickname for them are? And I was like, no, I'm not privy to any of these derogatory <laughs> terms. And he said, the bad boy and the good boy. <laughs> now, I have no reason why they're called that. Um, I but, did say good girl, bad girl, but we'll roll with the good boy. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm, I'm, hey, come on. I'm a post-feminist here. Um, so for me, again, I feel like I feel like a lot of women go to these instinctively because they think uh, that magical term toning, 
They think that it's toning the inside of their legs or the outside of their legs. They think that they're going to get toned legs, basically. And you can go back in the, the history of Just a Fitness Tip to find out what we think about toning in general. <laughs> but again, this goes back to this idea for me of isolation uh, exercises. You're really, really wasting your time here to be isolating such a small muscle group. But also, it's not even the most efficient way to train those small muscle groups. Ride a horse, it's easier. Exactly, <laughs> and more accessible. Um, so, yeah, no, for me, a big thing is, like, obviously, if anyone has done uh, really heavy lunges or really heavy squats, you'll find if you get a really deep range of movement, the inside of your legs absolutely kill the next day. Um, and there's obviously other things you can do. Like today, actually, I did in the class that I was doing um, – hip thrusts with bands so people were when they thrust to the top they're then pushing their legs out and that's training the abductors yeah i never i can never remember which one's which um but yeah for me it's just such a waste of time you could be training um you could be doing big compound movements which is going to train larger muscle groups and at the same time be working these muscles too and you're not going to have to avoid eye contact with people when you're sat on the machine opening and closing your legs at will. I've actually found another use for that machine, just thinking about it whilst you were uh, talking. Can you say it? Is it X-rated? No, it's not X-rated, but did you, I think it's Goldeneye. Do you remember oh. the woman in Goldeneye who used to kill people by squeezing oh, them yeah. together? Yeah. I bet you she spends all day on the adductor machine. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're trying to be functionally fit for your job <laughs> yeah. and your job requires you to have good grip strength in your in your inner legs yeah maybe this is for you but then even i would say you know maybe get a, a firm ball like a, a watermelon or something you've seen the videos online <laughs> no comment if you're interested just go to at michael ujoa pt he's <laughs> no. got loads of tutorials uh, yeah just gradually work your way up through harder and harder fruit yeah oh there's definitely a video idea in here <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, I, there is better things that you can be doing. One thing that I would say is with the abductor machine, the way I like to think of it, Jason, is, like, when you're abducted, you're taken away. Uh, that's the way I think of, like, abduction or adduction. Yeah, I think I'd rather be abducted there than use go. that machine. <laughs> it's true. So um, if you sit right forward on the abductor machine and use it in a different way than the machine actually tells you to be used, it can actually be an all right way for working your glutes. So that's one way that it could be used. But are there not better ways to work your There glutes? are, but if you've got like a very glute routine and you want to throw in a little bit of variation, potentially it could work. You love a bit of variety in your I glute do, routine. yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> How many ways can Mitch work his glutes? I've Another got, video idea in there. I've already got one on my Facebook. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so uh, once again, yeah, the machines are a bit of a waste of time. I wouldn't use them. I very rarely use them unless you're the woman in GoldenEye or GoldenEye. Did I say that weird? You did. I did. Thanks, mate. Uh, so the woman in Golden Knight, or you maybe ride horses and want to work your adductors a bit more. Than I would say just ride horses more. That would be a thing to do. Yeah. yeah. If you're trying to get functionally fit at a specific thing, I would say do that more. Don't go to Pure Gym and sit on that stupid machine. <laughs> and if you're the woman from Golden Eye, which I'm sure you're listening, and we all we appreciate you tuning in every week. Just squeeze more heads. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> squeeze more heads. She, she didn't have heads between her legs, did she? It was like... I don't know, mate. Was, I don't want to go into too much detail, but she squeezed 
a whole person between her legs, not just his head. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. I would say it's probably more efficient just to squeeze the head, like a kind of triangle choke in jiu-jitsu. I'm, I'm Googling this here. Yeah, her it's Famke Janssen, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Just go on, try and pronounce their character name. <laughs> no go chance. On. Guys, Google wow, this I and didn't listen along. what her surname was. On her top, it's her surname. <laughs> <laughs> by name and by nature. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. So, yeah. Don't use that machine. <laughs> this is our quick summary. Should we move on to the last exercise? No, I want to read what it says. Oh, you want to read about so her? So it says, okay. she was a fighter pilot and an assassin with a trademark thigh grip working for the renegade agent, Alec Trevelyan. Sean Bean's character. I wish I had a trademark thigh grip. You could. If you just worked harder at your adductor machine, Right. you could have one. Game on. <laughs> right, we're taking that one off the list. So watermelon is coming in, the adductor machine. And there you go. You can be just like Zenia, is it? Zenia, I would say. Zenia on a top. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, final machine. Uh, do you want to roll with this one, or do you want me to intro it in? You intro it in. Seated ab machines. So the problem with seated ab machines um, is people don't use them correctly. I'm sure that if you really knew how to use the machine and focused on squeezing your abs and really working the muscle it's supposed to, you could maybe get some good ab um, isolation there. However, so many people use ab machines wrong and they end up using every other body part to get the machine round rather than actually isolating their abs. So I would never, ever, ever bother with any machine that works your abs. Agreed? Yeah, I think, again, it's... I feel like it's making it more complicated than it needs to be, yeah. you know? I mean, and also I see people, especially in the uh, the re- rotational device, right? There's a, there's a horrible five to ten minutes where people are trying to work out <laughs> yeah. what distance it's pulling the peg out, yeah. trying to figure out, is that far enough? And then they end up just moving in this tiny little range of movement. Yeah. And I would also, I would argue that there's probably a higher chance of you hurting yourself because you're mm-hmm. probably more likely to be working with a weight that you're not comfortable enough yeah. to be moving. And I putting think your spine in an awkward position. Yeah. Doing so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And again, going back to this idea of, is there a more efficient way to do things? If you just come out of the machine and you're going to do some core ab work, either without weight or adding an additional weight in some way, it's going to be far more. You're going to be working. Obviously, again, we're talking about that range of movement. You're not fixed anymore. Uh, you've also not got that, um stimulus that the machine's giving you where you know if you're pushing against it it's going to be pulling you back so you don't have to work against that you're going to have a either a a dumbbell or a plate or a heavy bag or a medicine ball or what have you um so there's a lot more freedom of movement in that respect a lot lower chance of injuring yourself but most importantly you're not going to be that idiot that jumps on the machine spends five minutes using it you've made eye contact with the guy across the room and he's noticed that you've been struggling to figure this out. So you're like, well, I can't leave it now because now I'm going to look even stupider. So you persist and you end up doing this silly little exercise. We've all done it. Silly little exercise when you could have just been doing like Russian twists or or V-sits or whatever. Just plank. Agreed. Yeah, so I was just going to highlight a few other exercises to focus on there, which you highlighted most of them anyway. So yeah, sit-ups, leg raises, flutter kicks, hanging knee raises, hanging leg raises, um, Russian twist, plank, side planks, so many different things that you could do that would be far more beneficial than twisting your spine awkwardly on a machine. I think it is also important to point out, a lot of the time people don't realize that you can train your core without 
doing isolation exercises. Yeah. And I know, guys, it's sound like a broken record here about isolation exercises, right? But I would say two of the best exercises you can do for your core are going to be squats and deadlifts. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people think, oh, that's a leg exercise. I actually tend to think of squats and deadlifts more as a full body exercise. And I think when you start looking at them that way, you start to realize how beneficial they can be and how important they can be. So, yeah, think about what the function of your core is. It's to keep your torso, um, essentially keep your torso in one place to hold uh, a shape. Okay, so you're not bending in the middle. Now, if you're squatting, you have to keep your chest up. You have to keep your, your back neutral then you're holding yourself in place with that additional weight and the same with the deadlift. So there really is no reason why you need to be sitting on a bloody machine to do abs. Um, and actually what I just said there, there's no reason why you even need to be doing sit-ups. But I mean, if you want to be uh, on Men's Health Magazine, you probably should do sit-ups. Yeah, <clears throat> I think there's always benefit to throwing in a few core exercises. A lot of people just quite like doing them as well. Uh, I usually find that, especially when I work with clients on a weight loss basis, especially... They feel because that myth of doing sit ups is going to burn tummy fat is so ingrained. I sometimes just throw in circuits at the end to get people's heart rate up and put core exercises in it just because it makes people feel good, like they're targeting a certain area that they want to work. Um, but yeah, I just wouldn't ever use those ab machines at all. And also, I throw deadlifts into upper body workouts, throwing that out there, mate. Yeah, well, I mean, I think yeah. that, that just highlights the fact that it is a full body workout, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> Look at that. Five exercises, two controversies. I think we've nailed that. I think we have. Room 102 is getting busy down there. <laughs> yeah. uh, don't worry, we've slightly put CrossFit in there as well. We just didn't want to seem biased. We've kicked mm-hmm. it at Room 102 <laughs> and uh, the wrist curls and the uh, the ab machines, they're not getting on well with CrossFit. They're feeling superior compared to CrossFit. We didn't just kick him in though. We did like a functional squat and backflip and then kicked him in. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just chucked them, no stretching, <laughs> no proper form, just hurled them in. Um and I think I've put my back out. <laughs> so if you've enjoyed this episode, then please leave us a review. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, and we hope to see you guys back again next week. This is uh, episode 27 of Just the Fitness Tip with Michael Ujoa and Jason Ald, Edinburgh's number one fitness podcast. And now I'm going to hand you over to Jason with our much-loved hip-hop quote. Are you going with it or are you going to... I've not got one. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Honestly, there we like it. Um, but you know, I will say, um, come on, dude. there's a good quote here from Dr. Dre that says, from nothing but a G thing, classic, mm-hmm. classic tune from the early 90s. Quote is, That's realer than real deal, holy field. Now, you might think, Jason, that's not a fitness slash sporting quote. Well, it is because Evander Holyfield, the real deal, holy field. He was a uh, he got his ear bitten off famously by uh, Mike Tyson, and uh, I mean that's not all he was good. At. He was a fantastic champion boxer. Many say on the juice he was pretty jacked. That's realer than real deal Holyfield, and I think we can all agree today, guys. If you want to have a realer than real deal Holyfield workout, bend those five exercises, stick with the good stuff that we've just mentioned, get some deadlifts in, some squats in. That's realer than real deal. Holyfield. Nothing but a G-thang right here on the fitness tip. Nothing but a tip-thang. You still impress me of turning a completely nonsensical quote into something slightly beneficial. 
I'm running for uh, the role of prime minister, uh, <laughs> and I think I think I could get Brexit through, mate. I think you could. You can do a worse job, so I'm voting for you. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> Thank you very much, guys. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and we will see you all again next week. Keep on tipping.